Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. I found in my own journey when I ignored the truth, I was stuck and blocked. When I accepted the truth, things got a lot easier. It might have been painful at the outset, but all types of doors opened up for me that weren't there before I decided to just accept it. And usually it was either a truth about myself or a truth about the world uh, around me. So, yeah, my motivation just comes from a desire to be the best that I can be and grow every day. That's it. The show is sort of an out, outgrowth of that. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gavis, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people. Been a few weeks since I dropped the episode. I am working on some new and exciting things, which you all will hear about soon. This episode is actually really cool. Um, I'm being interviewed by one of the top podcast producers in America. She's actually from Australia. Jeannie from Jeannie Media. And I talk about what are the actual keys for creating a remarkable podcast. My show has been on for five years now. I've got a really great following. Love you guys. And I get into the weeds of some things that I think are are critical. Number one, what does it take to be a memorable host? How do you do that? Number two, how to stay consistent with content, right? How do you do that? Number three, how to maintain motivation when challenges arise. And this is life, so challenges will arise. Um, Number four, how your intention and motivation actually power your success. And number five, why just having goals is really only half the battle. I really get into my idea on how to approach goals and how to really make them work for you and not the other way around. I know I read those one through five. They're in no particular order. Uh, Those are the things that I touch on during the interview. If you are a podcaster or want to be a podcaster, this is a great one for you. And even if you're not, there's some jewels sprinkled out through the entire episode that's applicable to life in general. So I hope you guys enjoy. Close your eyes and open your ears and let's do it. Dr. G, the Truth Prescription Podcast. You've yes. been for nearly, what, four years five, now? Yeah. Going into the fifth season, one. Going into season five, yeah. So season five, five seasons of the Truth Prescription. What on earth is your process for this podcast? How do you create it? So how do I create the process for doing the show? Well, I think the first thing is you need to find interesting people. And when I say find interesting people, 
people that not only interest you, but you think would interest the your core audience, right? Who is who is your core audience? What do they listen to your show for? Is the person's interview going to sort of fit your branding and your messaging that you're putting out, right? Like, let's say I had a podcast on how to be the best mechanic in, in, in America. And I had an opportunity to interview Oprah. Should I interview Oprah? Probably not. Will I interview Oprah? Probably so. <laughs> but you get my point that you got to find people that, that are not only get you, get you hype, but also can provide some messaging for your core audience. So that's sort of the first thing. And the second thing is I really like to do a, a, what I call a deep dive, where I really just get deep into the weeds of who the person is. Wikipedia, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Most importantly, I like looking at other, if I have the time, I like looking at other interviews that they've done just to look at what types of questions they've been asked. And the, the focus really is how can I ask them something that they've never been asked before that will spur their interests, right? Because you really want to try to bring them value. And that's probably the last part. You know, my focus with my guests is not only getting out of them something valuable to give to my audience, but also giving them value in the, in the midst. You know, as a, as a mindset coach and a health expert, I always try to obviously give tidbits and tips and things to the audience. But the person you're interviewing as well can benefit from my uh, expertise. And so providing value to them. And so I think it's sort of those three things, interesting people really getting deep into their, into them, into who they are, getting a sense of them. And then lastly, bringing them value as much as you're bringing the audience value. Brilliant. I really love how you talked about your process for how you create the show in terms of a standpoint of what you're doing it for your intention. Yeah. You're a creative I've had the honor and privilege of being in your creative space in your home, which is immaculately designed and so super intentional. I sometimes feel like when you're creating a podcast, there's actually a creative process behind the creative process that creates a creative process, right? You don't just walk in (laughs) and sit behind a mic and like, obviously you do your research, like you mentioned, but you have a very intentional practice and you've created a space to be very intentionally creative. Talk to me about that creative space and your practice in the lead up to you pretty much turning on the mic and creating. Sure. Well, I mean, I think you're getting into sort of my daily process. Uh, My creative space and my creative room sort of doubles as my meditation room. I've got like all my audio equipment on one side and then all my incense books, candles, motivational sayings, comfortable couches, all that stuff on the other side. And so the same way that I'm able to create for myself every day through affirmations, meditations, through books that I read, through the intent that I have for that particular day, it comes out on the other side of the room in the actual expression. And so I have certain things that I do every day that sort of just keep me on track and keep me remembering why I do what I do, because uh, it's very easy to get distracted, <laughs> you know, forget <laughs> about the, you know, the social media and the internet, but a father, I'm, you know, an entrepreneur, I, I'm a coach, I have, you know, so there's a lot of opportunities to be quote unquote distracted by other things. But as long as you wake up each day and have those one or two very clear intentions about why you're doing what you're doing, then it makes it a lot, a lot easier to create. What helps you stay consistent? I would do it for free. I mean, do you talk about the podcast? I'm talking about the podcast. Like how have you stayed so consistent for five years? Cause that's unheard of nowadays. You see so many podcasts go out 
And yeah. within a matter of weeks, you don't hear from that host again, but you've stayed consistent for five years. So how have you managed to do that? Yeah, I think for me, it's just, I mean, obviously I've now that I've been doing it a while, I do, I'm able to derive a little bit of advertising dollars. I have derived advertising dollars from the show, but I think for me, I would do it for free. You have to, at least for me, I'm super passionate about this idea of really digging down into the depths of, of situations or, and or people and pulling out that golden nugget. What is the real truth here? What is the real essence here? It's really part of my journey. My life journey has really been about personal development, first with me and then personal development with now with, now with my clients. It's something that drives me, right? The search for, for, the, for the truth. And as I say on the show, not my truth or your truth, but the truth. What is, what is really real? You know, what is, what is really real? So that's, I think, for people listening, it's really about what drives you. And if the thing that drives you can be married to your podcast, then you win it. You, you probably do it for 100 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you talked about doing it for free, that you would do this for free, but how much do you think enjoying the process or the journey helps you in making a podcast or making content, period? You're really talking about goal setting. And sometimes it can get frustrating, right? If you have certain idea, I mean, maybe that you spoke earlier about, you know, you have all these, these podcasts, these shows that start, and then you don't hear from the people after a year or after a couple of shows because they're frustrated because they had a certain idea about what it was going to be and it turned out to not be that. So really goes back to your original question or the second question where if you have that passion, then you sort of have goals about where you want to see the podcast going and you have at least you and I, you know, as my producer, we meet monthly. I also sort of every, every other week just sort of do an assessment of where things are. But my focus every day is not Oh, did I achieve this number of engagements or did, you know, this many people can contact me to ask me to be a guest or whatever. My focus is really what I said at the beginning, how much value can I give to the audience? How much value can I give to the client? And I think once you do that consistently, consistently over time, then ultimately you're going to, you're going to win. The landscape now is so large. Even when I started five years ago, I don't know what the number was. Now I know, you probably know this better than me, there's somewhere around 800,000 podcasts in, in the U.S. And so there's a lot of space for people to make decisions. But I think it's really a, a law of attrition. If you're just consistent over a long period of time and you're continuing to provide that value, you're going to succeed. And I think it's it's something that you have to kind of keep in the back of your mind that the Results that you're looking for may not come as quickly as you think, but as you fo- if you focus on the principles of why you're doing it, then ultimately whatever you, you want to see happen will happen. It may not happen how you think it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it will happen. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you've touched about the eight hundred thousand podcasts, and you're right. I think when we started working together, it was just under half a million, like four hundred thousand. Wow. Now it's eight hundred thousand okay. alone in the U.S., and I think. I think we passed 1 million this year, but, you know, there's only a very, I think almost half of that is consistent podcast too. So that's, that's really interesting data. And I mm-hmm. think that kind of leads into my next question, Seku, because, you know, some people, when they start the podcast, they're like, I'm going to do a daily podcast and they don't really think about sustainability, right? Or what they kind of bite off more than they can chew. Yeah. 
Yeah. You've been super consistent. You have, you've done, you know, daily drops of truth drops and that sort of thing. But in terms of your, your interview episodes, you've been very committed to making these every other week. How did you set yourself that commitment? Like, how are you so aware to be like, this is what I can do? Because there's been so much change for you personally and professionally, but you've just remained consistent on that. I think when I first started, I was trying to do one show, <laughs> one show a month. And, um, we just sort of realized that's not really, really going to grow the show because, you know, as consumers of content, people, they rely on you just like they would rely on a parent or a friend to be there, you know, at, at frequent intervals with the information and providing that value. So I felt like two for me, two was a sweet spot where I could stack shows and also maybe have a period of time where I wasn't recording as much but still be able to consistently put out two shows a month. And then if I decided to, then I could in between those shows do a sort of like a solo show with a topic or something that made that I was passionate about or that was current in the news. But I think it's just feeling yourself out. I mean, everybody has different things going on in their life, different responsibilities. I have three children. I'm married. There's some people that it's just them. And so if you can, if you can do, I mean, there's some podcasts that are two to three shows a week, some podcasts that are every week. There are definitely people out there that are, that are more frequent, but I think particularly people first starting out, you just have to be realistic about what could you consistently put out over, let's say a six month period of time. And then after six months, if you realize, Hey, I actually have more content and more things that I can do and there are more opportunities coming to me then so be it increase, but it's, it's better to set the audience expectation where it is and grow from there versus set the audience expectation somewhere high and then have to drop back because then people become disappointed and you're not seen as reliable. You lose the trust of your listener that way. It's very, very true. You talked about goal setting and I love that because you really do. You're very intentional about what you do and what you create. I'm wondering if goal setting obstructs your creative process and flow. So this goes back to the whole thing about, and this is, I'm, I'm putting on my coaching hat, the question of what's your why? I totally dislike that statement. What's your why? And why is that? Because people's why is often based on a false narrative, meaning you're like, oh, I want to do this thing. I want to start this podcast because whatever and in, in, in put, input whatever sentence you want to put in. But what you realize is that because people have been sort of living from this false narrative for so long about themselves that they really don't know themselves well or they think they know themselves, but how they Self-defined is based on past trauma, all the things that just aren't true anymore. And so I, th- I would say um, before you set a goal, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm a true believer in therapy, obviously, and a true believer in coaching. But when you set any goal, you really need to do some soul searching about why am I setting this goal? I mean, really, why am I setting it? Not the top level of, oh, I just want to have fun or whatever, but really, why am I doing and then after you get that answer, ask again. All right, let's say you want to do a podcast because you want to make money. All right, well, why do I want to make money? Like, go down four or five levels and really try to get to the essence. And what you might find is that you don't want to do a podcast at all. <laughs> or you might find that there's other ways that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Or you may come to some pain or some hurt and deal with that 
then come back to the goal. Because once you attack goals from a real place, from a place of knowing who you really are, then you'll sort of, you may, you may have the same goals, but your intent will change and your approach to them will change. And I think that's really important. I think goals in general are extremely useful, helpful. You need them. The way I approach goals. So after, so I'm going to say this answer, given that you've done enough background work on yourself in terms of self-development to really have a clear understanding of why you do things. Mm. So if you do, then for me, how I approach goals is I have goals, but then I sort of release the how of it. So let's say I want to, I want to have 2 million downloads a month. Something just making up something. I sort of set that intention, do the things that can lead to that, but remove the how, like in terms of, well, how long is it going to take? And then how is it going to happen? Because sometimes things happen in a way that it doesn't, it may not be directly in line with how you thought it should happen, but it happens. I'll give you an example of that. My first, very first coaching client a couple of years ago, I was in the process, doing all the right marketing, doing all the, had all the right copy website, blah, all that. Mm. And I took a, a bike ride when, and that was through, you, you know, using that, using people I knew and using uh, various other marketing techniques. I took a bike ride one day and I, and I said in my head, I'm like, you know, my first client, I want to do, you know, 10,000 in a month. And I had been doing it maybe a couple of weeks. I hadn't got any clients as yet. I took a bike ride. I was riding up 9W, which is a road here in, uh, in New York, well, actually in New, in New Jersey and New York. And I was about 20 miles into my ride. I decided to pull over, went to this coffee shop. You know, I'm in like this biking gear and I'm getting some, some tea and I look over to the right and I see this older Korean man. I sit down, just randomly just start talking to him. Then his wife comes over. We all start talking. I t- tell her what I do. And then she starts telling me about her daughter and how maybe I can help her daughter. But fast forward, after I had another conversation with her, I just said, hey, I sounds like I can actually help you because <laughs> your daughter may not be ready, but it sounds like you're having some issues, not just with her, but also with your business that I specialize in. And one conversation later, she wrote me a check for 10 grand. And so my point is you have a goal, but you never know how it's going to materialize. So I just make goals and then just be open to however, however I'm going to receive them to receive them. Still do the work, but yeah. don't be stuck to the how the outcome happens. Okay. I'm going to ask you a lofty question. How do you do that? Like people are like, oh, that sounds so simple. You say something and then you kind of surrender it or you, you let it be. But you yeah. said do the work. What does doing the work mean for you? Well, doing the work means doing all the things that you know how to do. So, and, and which I was already doing, right? Calling, you know, if it's to get clients, it's calling people that I know, let them know what I'm doing, setting up the proper website, setting up the, the proper marketing channels, doing all the branding, making sure my copy on my LinkedIn page is right, making sure all the people that could potentially help me obtain clients knows what I'm doing. So that's what I mean by doing the work. You actually do all the, the work, but you still don't know how it's going to come. And so that's what I mean when I say do the work, just do the things you know you're supposed to do, but not be tied to how the outcome happens. You're tied to what the outcome is, but not how it happens. And what do you recommend to someone who can't keep at their podcast, but they so desperately want to? They can't keep it, but they so desperately want to. Now I have to put my, my, my coaching hat on again <laughs> and, say, <laughs> and say that's kind of an oxymoron because if you're so desperate, but you can't do it, then you don't really want to do it. Right. But then I question your desire. That I mean, that's it. 
now, if you tell me there's somebody that just, you know, they can't be consistent or, or what have you, it's, it, it really goes back to the real question of why do you want to do this podcast? You know, what's your real motivation? You really need to look in the mirror seriously and ask yourself because people do what they want to do. And I, and I always ask clients, well, if somebody, this thing that you say you can't do, if somebody said they wouldn't give you $10 million right now to do it, would you do it? The answer is yes. So if, if money is the motivation and maybe it's not about the podcast, it's about something else. But it, to me, it just really comes back to your desire. I would question their desire to do the podcast. Maybe it's something else that some other way they want to communicate. Maybe it's as an author or, you know, some other medium, or maybe they're scared. Now, if they're scared and they can identify with that fear, then again, we talk about doing that, that personal narrative work, which I do uh, looking at the past. What, what has your past told you about you? How do you feel about you? How do you define yourself doing the podcast consistently? What does it bring up for you? Let's talk about that because if we can work through that, then, after you work through that, then it will be really clear. All right. I actually do want to do this podcast. And the fact that I'm here and, and willing to sort of go through this pain of working through these old issues is proof that I do want to do the podcast. When I first started, it, it brought up all kinds of insecurities for me in terms of my voice and standing in my truth, which is the whole reason I started the podcast in the first place. But it was very therapeutic for me just working through those first couple of years obviously working through as the host and getting better at that, but then also working through the backstory I had of myself that I'm not powerful. I, my, my voice doesn't count. These, these types of things that were, were, were limiting. And if people listen to sort of my first couple of episodes and listen to like, let's say my first, my, my last episode I did request love from the roots, you can see the growth. So the podcast actually helped me. It was almost like medicine for me to help give me a proving ground or not even a proving ground, but give me a, an ecosystem or a Petri dish to practice the very thing that I was deep down uh, insecure about. You know, you, you talked about the, why you started and what kind of gave you the idea, but all the work that you've done, how do you think you've established your voice in the industry? Like, have you changed anything that you've done intentionally when you're behind the mic tactically or like strategically? Like, for example, if you're behind the mic, have you changed how you speak? Do you articulate more? What are some things that you've done to, to, I guess, grow your voice in, in a way? I've done a lot of coaching, a lot of therapy, just to kind of work on some of my past trauma. And that once you sort of break through those things, um, your voice automatically is strengthened because you just, you had that same conviction you had when you were three or four years old, running around playing, talking loud before, you know, these things happen. Because I think innately and naturally, we're all, we're all powerful. We're powerful human beings and things happen in our lives and it causes us to sort of question if that power is real. It questions the people that were close to us. So I think the first thing is just personal development, working on myself. The second thing is a couple of years ago, I did a, like almost like a think tank. I hired about 30 people, put them in two different cohorts and I let them listen to several episodes and really just to give me um, feedback, you know, real clear feedback on what they liked, what they didn't like. And that actually helped me a lot in terms of looking at the market. I shortened my show a little bit. I became a little more intentional about who I actually brought to the show, a little more intentional about what I named the show, the verbiage that we, you know, the copy that we used in the descriptions, some of the Instagram postings. So 
that actually helped helped a lot just in terms of making sure that again going back to value the value i'm giving the guest and and the uh, audience is absolutely 100% on point so yeah self development and then just tweaking you know every year look back and say all right what worked what didn't work how can i improve listen to your own episodes how did you sound did you sound confident what's the feedback from your guests you know you can have a third party ask them some people be honest some people won't but it's just a desire to just to just be better and not and not get comfortable in what you're doing. Well, clearly you're open to growth and and working out ways to to really expand. How important do you think it is to remain curious in your process? I mean, I think that's with with life. That's with anything. So the only thing that's constant is change. So if you ever get comfortable that where you are is the place to be and that's all that you need to do, then you're, you're about to take a fall. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you're going to fall right off that high horse down into the valley. So being curious, being able to accept feedback, growing, things change. I mean, who would have thought we would have had this pandemic we had, right? Things are always changing. And so if you can just be open to change, and it goes back to what I said before about being comfortable, not with necessarily having goals and being comfortable with what the goal is, but not really caring about the how. Like there's, a, there's an affirmation that I do that's basically around flow and just being able to not be stuck and just being able to flow and receive and give and, and just try to be flexible with life. You know, life, life is difficult. There are a lot of challenges. Things happen all the time, but it's sort of your internal, the, what internal channel are you on? That when you receive these changes or these challenges, how can you respond to them? You can respond to them by jumping up and down and having a temper tantrum and throwing your laptop on the floor and saying, oh, woe is me. Why is this always happening to me? <laughs> or you can look at it and, and kind of smile internally and say, hmm, this looks like an interesting challenge. How can I, how can I handle this? You know, how can I be creative? I got to use my gifts and talents to, to, to handle this or to turn this lemonade into lemons or turn this lemons, turn these lemons into lemonade. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's very, very, very potently put. Where do you find your inspiration, Seiku? Again, it's just, it's just a desire to be great uh, every day, to do the best that I can to give. And for me, it goes back to the title of the show, The Truth Description. It's like, what are we really doing here? Why are we really doing it? And what, is it, what does that mean? And how can that help? I found in my own journey, when I ignored the truth, I was stuck and blocked. When I accepted the truth, things got a lot easier. It might have been painful at the outset, but all types of doors opened up for me that weren't there before I decided to just accept it. And usually it was either a truth about myself or a truth about the world uh, around me. So, yeah, my motivation just comes from a desire to be the best that I can be and grow every day. That's it. The show is sort of an out, outgrowth of that. Do you like marketing yourself, Seku? Does it come naturally or do you kind of have to work on it a little bit? Um, I don't know if I would say I like marketing. <laughs> um, marketing is, I mean, it's necessary. You got to let people know what you're doing. It's not something that comes naturally to me, but I have, what does come natural, natural to me is knowing, knowing and understanding people. And so I have a pretty good team. And so, 
whatever I'm not great at, you know, I tap, I tap the people that, that work with me and, and we get it done. But I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm natural at it. I would just say that I understand the need for it. It's, it's super important in everything we do. There's so many podcasts and coaches and practitioners and doctors out there. What differentiates you? And that's the question you always have to ask when you're, uh, when you're out here in the market. Mm-hmm.